What's up, podcast fam? Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Truth Be Told. I hope everyone knows that sometimes we have to cut it quite a few times before yeah, this we can do an intro two. that like actually works because he'll just say something stupid right before and I'm not mature enough to box those things. Um, and anyway. at the same time, my wife, if you hear her disappear, it's because she sounds like she's been smoking a pack of cigarettes every day of her life for the last 15 years. No, it's just been an extremely busy weekend. And then I taught kids church today and completely lost my voice. It's, it's back now. It's back. Party. It's just sounding, it is sounding a little rough. Good but. job, baby girl. Anyway, oh my gosh. All right, here we go. Today, we're going to talk about exposing fear. Yeah. Oh, that's my cue. That was your cue. All right. Well, uh, I've just continually ran into people that I'm seeing that are are manipulated by a level of fear in their life. Right. And it comes from a misunderstanding or a lack of knowledge around this topic. And I think today we really want to handle this and just break down a few points to help you understand fear in a better capacity, understand like where fear comes from, how fear impacts your life, and then really the authority that you have over fear in your life. Because I don't know about you, I, I want to do everything that God has called me to do. Right. And fear is oftentimes one of those things that would prohibit you from accomplishing it. Right. Because fear, you know, if you went to school, which I think you probably (laughs) did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You went through a class that I probably slept through, but I heard this part. um, Oh, I'm ready. They talk about the the fight or flight response, right? Like when you got scared or, or, or whatever, your natural reaction was either fight or flight. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is that most people, they actually just freeze. Yeah. Right? In those settings, in those moments when fear comes upon them or they're afraid to push forward to do what they feel like they're supposed to do or they're scared because of something happening around them, people freeze. Yeah. Right? And the problem is when you're not moving, God is, it's more difficult for God to use you. For sure. Right? God sees your faith and your faith is attached to action. And when you're not acting and you're just stuck, it's very hard to accomplish what God is trying to do in your life. And and we want to help you unlock this ability to never be held back by fear and to always push forward so that you can accomplish the good things that God has for you. For sure. So uh, uh, 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. If you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, this is our official reader of Scripture. I am, except my voice is really struggling today, so I do apologize. We I thank I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice Lois come on <laughs> Lewis that's a boy's name <laughs> I'm sorry. Just be like, you're American English. I'm English English. Who says that you're right? Jesus was not American. Okay, okay, no, no, no. Okay, if we want to get technical, it was a Greek word, a Greek name that is not Lois, but has been translated to an English name, Lois. But if you're listening to this podcast, please take a moment and share on social media. Is the pronunciation... 
in the scripture. We'll give it to you. In 2 Timothy 1, uh, it must be verse like 5. Is it Lois or is it Lewis? Please. I, 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 I want to take it to the public because I would hate in my American English to be wrong. <laughs> I don't actually know how I'm going to do the podcast today. Okay. And and your mother, Eunice. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. And I'm persuaded it's in you also. All right, let's get back on track. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what we want to do is we've got four points and I think three of them I've pulled out of these scriptures right here. Yeah. But I think it's important because a lot of times we quote 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. But it's interesting when you apply the entire context to what's happening in this uh, section of scripture to what's being referred to as the spirit of fear and what Paul's encouraging Timothy in. So number one, fear destroys progress. Paul is sitting here encouraging Timothy and he's saying, look, I, I see the faith in your, your mother and your grandmother in you. Yeah. And he's been mentoring him and discipling him. And, and Timothy in this moment is pastoring a church. Right. And he's and a pa- young pastor. Yeah. And Paul's writing my letter, encouraging him saying, uh, you know, I see the faith. He's pulling out and highlighting the positive yeah. aspects of him. And then he's saying, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He's saying, don't allow fear to keep you from accomplishing what God set before you because God has given you power, love, and a sound mind. But even before that, it's so important to understand God has not given you a spirit of fear. Why is it that so often we accept things that are not from God? If God is not giving us something, there's a reason he's not giving it to us. It means we shouldn't want it, right? Right. And so for, for a lot of people, we just accept fear like it's just, you know, par for the course of life. Right. And that's not the truth. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. Actually, the Bible says that God has given us good gifts and perfect gifts from above. And I don't know about you. I've seen fear in the destructive nature that's behind it. And you know that God is not the author of fear, but Satan is. And listen, fear is taught. I really believe that as well, right? When, When... Kids are born, they're not born with fear, right? They learned. It becomes a learned behavior. Like what was weird is, I mean, Hunter, when she was younger, do you remember? She would like walk around the upstairs in pitch black. This is really funny because I was going to use this example. Wow. The kid was like. We were just in sync. Because she didn't know to be afraid. And I don't know what it was that triggered in her that now she needs a light on. I mean, her and I just had to have a talk tonight because she's insistent that the hallway light is on. Okay. She's three, whatever. We're going to keep the hallway light on. But then she's asking me, no, well, I keep the hallway light on and the bathroom light. And I just said to her tonight when I put her to bed, Hunty, you're not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. We don't need to sleep with every light on in the house right. because we're not afraid of anything. We're not afraid of the dark. We're not afraid of being in our room. We're not afraid of anything. Right. Now let's apply this to your life. Are there things in your life that God has nudged you to do or encouraged you in, but fear has kept you from making progress? Fear has kept you from taking that step forward. I, I talk to people all the time and the continual response is, is that they were scared 
or, you know, they were fearful of the unknown, of right. the lack of control. Because here's the thing about serving God. You relinquish control over of your life over to God, and there is unknown. For sure. There is not an ability to control the outcome of the situation. Now, there's prudence, there's strategy, there's wisdom, there's knowledge, all of that stuff, and you apply it. But there is a level of the unknown, and God oftentimes calls you out from where you are. Just like, I mean, Peter is a great example. I feel like I use this example a lot, Mm -hmm. but Peter seeing Jesus walking on the water and him saying, you know, let me come out to you and Jesus calling him out. Look, there was fear associated with that, right? But Peter did walk on water Mm -hmm. and fear started creeping in after, right? First, he received the promise of God. Absolutely. First, he, he received the, the word, right? Like, I, I like to say this, and I know it, it, there's like, I mean, it, it's not completely true, but I like the illustration that it probably was, right? Peter walked on Jesus's word. For sure. He didn't walk on water, sure. right? He received the word that was the, that the Lord spoke, and he walked on that word. See, your Bible is filled with promises and encouragements and instructions from Jesus, and we need to take those place them in our hearts and walk on them. Peter only began to sink when he started looking at the outside uh, influences, the winds, the waves, you know, the fact that he was walking on water, things like that. And then you see the the um, symptoms of fear begin to happen. Right. Unbelief start to happen. And then he started to sink. Right. No, oh. I'm thinking because it's just really good. Just lift your hands, baby. Receive. Just lift your hands and get ready to receive. No, so fear destroys progress. Getting back to the point. Yep, absolutely. And I don't know about you, or I don't know you, or I may know you, but I don't want fear to keep you from accomplishing the things God has for you. Absolutely. Right? There is something significant in your life that God wants to do. So this is, let, let me just help you with this. I remember when I was doing street evangelism, and yeah, my wife disliked it very much. I actually oh, disliked it as well. You're making me sound so bad. No, it's just like not her personality, right? Um, she still <laughs> it's did not it. my personality to get people saved. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not your personality to walk up to random strangers and strike, and up, a strike up a conversation. Correct. Correct. Um, but I mean, I would go out and we would do street evangelism. And I remember every single time I would step out of the car to where I was going to do uh, evangelism, I literally felt like the weight of fear. Like I wanted to like puke. I I just felt I was not okay. And then I would feel that fear. And you know what's interesting is you either have the fight or flight response. That's true. And what I learned is if I have fear on me, it's because the enemy wants to keep me from doing something. Right? He wants to intimidate me from uh, taking that step of faith that I was walking in. And so when I felt that, I felt that as a direct attack against my relationship with Jesus. So I stepped into a a fight mode. And I would immediately go. And after I talked to the first person, that fear would immediately leave and I would never feel it again for the whole time. Yeah. But it was consistent. Every single time I had to take a step of faith and say, I feel fear right now, but I'm not going to act based on my feelings. I'm going to yeah. act on the promises of God's word yeah. and I'm going to act in faith and I'm going to take that step and I'm not going to allow it. Yeah. I think too many times we're just soft, right? As believers. Oh, well, I don't feel like it or I'm scared or what? Like, you know, and we give fear the final say. Absolutely. Yeah. We cannot Mm-mm. let the enemy have an inch. No, and that's why. Because when I'm... you give him an inch, 
he'll take a mile. Absolutely. And that's why we called this podcast Exposing Fear. Because mm-hmm. once you expose things, isn't it funny when you put the light on something, things aren't as scary as it was when it was in the dark. Yeah. Just like it is with Hunter. She feels a lot more comfortable because her room is a lot lighter when we keep the hallway light on, right? Whereas when the hallway light's off, things are a lot darker. You're not too sure what you're seeing. You're not too sure what's there. Um, same thing with with fear. When we expose fear, when we put, when we turn the light switch on, fear you actually recognize a lot of times what it is you see fear for what it is Mm -hmm. um and that's something that god's word will do for you yeah no it's good and you know what's crazy is the enemy has tactics and when you learn the enemy's tactics you don't get tossed to and fro right by every everything that happened you're not riding a roller coaster anymore because you understand certain attacks are just saying certain things like oh there's fear. Well, that probably means I'm probably doing something filled with faith. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. there's fear. Oh, he's probably just trying to keep me from progress. For sure. And I'm telling you, when you live a life of faith, yeah. the results of a life of faith is number one, that you're righteous, but number two, that you progress and build something significant for God. But Absolutely. let's go to number two because we could stay here for a while. Yeah. Fear alters your mind. I think this is so good because what you have to remember is you do have a natural mind. Mm -hmm. And so what you meditate on and what you consume is as a man thinketh, so is he, Mm -hmm. the Bible says. And so fear actually has the, just like faith has the ability to alter your mind Mm -hmm. for the good, fear has the ability to alter your mind for the bad. Right. And whatever, again, just like my wife just said, whatever you're feeding your mind is what you're going to believe. And I think too many times our mind has too much worldly influence and too little biblical influence. And that's why prayer and fasting is so powerful because you literally starve yourself of that worldly influence because your mind now has no option but to focus on the things of God. And that's why people see these mountains being moved when they fast, but then they wonder why in their everyday life. And it's because their mind is not focused on God in the everyday. Unfortunately, life is not set up to focus on God Yeah, in a lot of ways. There's a lot of noise going on. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately, you know, we are living in a world where there is darkness and there mm-hmm. is powers of darkness that be that are trying to alter people to yeah. live in fear. Why? Because it's an antichrist agenda. So, right. you know, the Bible, again, exposes it. So yeah. once you realize, okay, they're trying to train me to think this way, I now need to know that I need to do the opposite. Absolutely. And that's what the Bible encourages us to have the mind of Christ. Absolutely. Can I tell you, if you have the mind of Christ, fear will never be a problem in your life. No. Why? Because Christ's mind was so infused with the word of God, so infused with the heart of God. What does the Bible say? Perfect love casts out all fear. Absolutely. He was in the fullness of love with the Father, and because of that, fear could not creep in. Yeah. There was a, a, a solidification, yeah. right, of the relationship that they had where fear had no foothold. Fear had no ability. And I think we as believers, right, and we as people in this world, there's a lot of attempts, like Jade's saying, to attack your mind. But the Bible encourages us, man, I don't want to say the wrong scripture, but I think it might be like 2 Corinthians like 10, 5 or 15 or something. But it talks about how we take every single thought captive yep. and we make it obey the authority of Christ. Make it. It's The Bible, when it's talking about that, it's, it's in an active tone. It's mm-hmm. you make it mm-hmm. 
obey Christ. You make it obey the word. That's talking of an active participation on your part to take those thoughts and to do something with them. Right. And so when fear tries to come in and alter your mind, fear is either going to make your mind fearful or you're going to make that fear submit to the authority of Christ. Exactly. And it's not going to have a foothold any longer. And it's going to become faith because you're going to infuse it with the mind of Christ. When you're so full of the word, fear becomes an intruder. Mm-hmm. When you're not full of the word, fear is very comfortable. And so you have to fill yourself up with what you want to see in your life. And so if you want fear to be an intruder, if you want to mm-hmm. expose fear for what it is, it needs to become like a foreign substance trying to enter your mind. Right. And that's... That brings us into a perfect third point. Fear is a spirit. Yes. If we're talking about exposing fear, we need to expose that it is a spirit. And it is a spirit, not from God, but from the enemy, right? What does it say? The Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if he hasn't given it... Right, it it's has to. From it either way. comes from your flesh or it comes from the devil, yep. and both are inspired by a fallen nature Absolutely. and not godliness. Yep. So I want to encourage you this, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you have fear in your life, it's not from God. If you have fear in your life, God's not trying to teach you a lesson. If if you have fear in your life, God's not trying to make you stronger. If you have fear in your life, it is because you are being attacked by the enemy and your mind is not submitted to the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to show you that what you've been thinking or what you've allowed or permitted in your life is not God. Absolutely. I do want to just segue here real quick because I do know we have a lot of new believers that listen to Mm -hmm. our podcast, which is so awesome because that's the purpose, right? That this becomes a resource for people. The Bible does talk about the fear of God. And so you might be feeling a little bit confused of, wait, I don't understand. The Bible says that I need to fear God. It's so important when you're reading the word to realize that the English language is extremely limited and that the original text of the Bible was not English. The original text. Well, I feel like I have to defend myself about Lois from earlier. But um, <laughs> Please let us know. What's important to know is that every time the word fear is used in context of the fear of God, it's the, the, the root word is talking about a reverence, yeah. a holy awe, awe yeah. a reverence, a respect for God. That's the fear of God. Yeah. When we're talking about the spirit of fear, I think some characteristics of the spirit of fear would be intimidation. Yeah. Right? What else would you say? Uh, a cowardice. Yeah, anxiety. Um, anxiety anxious, and yeah. anxiousness. Yeah. yeah. So you see right there, there's such a big difference. And this is even the importance of digging into, don't just read the word and take it at face value. Mm-hmm. Really start to dig into yeah. what the word is actually saying on th- certain things. Absolutely. No, I think that's good because I, I thought about mentioning that two yeah. or three times already. So you're on it. So fear, though, is a spirit. It is a spiritual attack in your life. And now that we've drawn lines and boundaries, right? For God has not given this to you, Mm -hmm. right? So now if it's not God, it's an attack against me Mm -hmm. and against my God. So I need to be very strong against this. Now you may say, well, I mean, other people in the Bible have dealt with fear. Absolutely. Fear is a reality that people need to deal with. Be- just because you're saved doesn't mean fear just ceases to exist. Absolutely. It is a spiritual attack that you have to maturely grow and understand and identify mm-hmm. so that you can overcome it when it tries to attack your life. Yeah. Right? Like even when we look at the story of Joshua, what did uh you know the the what did God encourage Joshua with? Be strong and, and courageous. courageous. What did he encourage uh 
what is it? Is Jeremiah be strong and courageous? It, he just encouraged all of oh, these people. It's always people. about strength and courage. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Why? Because what God calls you to do is kind of intimidating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the natural realm, it could be fearful yeah. because you know what? If God doesn't show up in this, I'm going to look like an idiot. Or right. if God doesn't show right. up, then this is not going to happen. And, you know, we just heard Bishop Rick say it, and it's been stuck in my spirit. Uh, we do the difficult, and then God does the impossible. Yeah. And, you know, as we're faithful, standing in faith and not allowing fear to have a root, not allowing that spirit to come on us, that God will meet us and he will do the impossible. But when you feel the spirit of fear, how then do you handle it? Oh, okay. Oh, that, I thought that, that was a rhetorical question. Okay, that could be rhetorical for you, but I think we should also... For sure. Okay, do you want me to do it? Go for it. Okay. So if fear is a spirit... You know I'm really good at uh, interrupting you to yeah, chime yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So my I wife, I'll just continue yeah. doing that. I just that. want you to know, like, if, if I'm ever telling a story, my wife would prefer... I will try to have my wife tell the story. <laughs> Chad, Chad will... <laughs> Shay, he really does. He really will be like, babe... Why don't you share the story? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, babe. Like, I really want you to share yeah. it. But like, let it be known. Let the truth be told. Yeah. Every single time, without she, fail, she will I me. will interrupt him because he has left out a detail. See, some <laughs> people remember like concepts and ideas. That's me. Other people can literally write a, a transcription of every single interaction. It's and important. that's my wife. So I don't even try to tell stories anymore because I'm just like, Jade, you know what? Why don't you take this one? That's and then true. it is... Without, uh, oh crap, it always happens. Every it day. does. It always happens every single without time. Without fail. Yeah, without fail. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, babe, answer the question. So and when I the spirit of fear in. comes on you or tries to attack you, you need to recognize that you have authority over said spirit. Why? Yeah. Because you have the authority over demonic spirits. Uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee, will bow. every knee will bow. You know, God has given you authority over serpents and scorpions. And that's, a, you know, referring to demonic influences. God has given you the ability to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues, right? You carry the authority of heaven with you. So when the spirit of fear, it's an actual communication that I would have. is say, in the name of Jesus, go. Right In the name of Jesus, I am not thinking like this. Yeah. The Bible says this, almost like Jesus when he was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, I think, when Satan came and tempted him with, turn the stone into bread. What did Jesus rebut him with? He said, it says in the word that, you know, uh, this. Yeah. It says in the yeah. word this. this. It says in the word this. So you need to take authority yeah. over that spirit yeah. and then confess the promise of the word of God yeah. in Make your mind come in alignment Mm -hmm. with God's word. Yeah, I write about it in the devotional that I just recently released. Uh, It's great, by the way. um, I wrote a devotional called Life Beyond You. Identifying as a woman. We don't do that. Um, Life Beyond You. uh, If you follow me on Instagram, there's a link in my bio that you can go ahead and order it. But I talk about in my devotional how if you're going to get rid of something, you have to fill yourself with something else. Yeah. So if you're going to recognize okay there's fear at play in my life it's not enough to just uh you know try cast it down and rebuke it and you know you then need to okay fill yourself with the word yeah so what is it that you're feeling intimidation over what is it that you're feeling anxious about and now go look up what does the word have to say about this situation Mm -hmm. what's like a good example what's something that you have felt and then you've had to like 
Are you trying to put me on the spot right now? I mean, you you just did that to me. Okay. Well, while you're thinking, you know, I'll talk to the ladies. For me, a big one with that was uh, having kids. You know, there's a lot of fear that comes when you think about giving birth to a baby. Why? Because we are trained to fear a lot of things, right? Now, do I know that natural things can happen? Absolutely. Do I know that people have things, bad things happen to them all the time? Absolutely. But I recognize that it was becoming a issue in my life when I was pregnant with my first child, Hunter, that I realized I actually need to cast this thing down and then I need to build my faith for what I want to see happen. And so I had to, it's not enough to just say, well, I don't want to have fear. Okay, Mm. well, what are you going to do in its place then? Absolutely. I think what I'm getting at is we have to be active participants in our own lives. Yeah. You know, it's... You're the one contending for your faith, right? Nobody else is going to do it for you. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to become the active participant that says, I'm going, this is the life I want, so this is what I'm going to do to get it. This is how serious you need to be. Every attack against your faith needs to be treated like a life or death situation. Absolutely. And you know what I love is your mom used to do that. You're... Nothing would anger my mother-in-law like fear. And that's where I think a lot of the impartation with you comes from. Because she, the moment that woman would feel fear, she would do something to face it on purpose. Because she actually grew such a hatred Mm -hmm. for fear. And I think it's because she knew it was so against the heart of her father that she needed to contend for it. And against against it. Absolutely. So we're going to end off with this fourth point. And I think this is something you, you need to catch. Fear is not the opposite of faith. I've heard that said over and right. over and over and right. over again. Well, people like to quote things off of Pinterest. They don't really look if it actually <laughs> is backed up by the Bible. So fear is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief I was totally not is. roasting anybody. Yeah. Sp- I, I was. Have, if you shared I, that, how dare you? I've honestly how could probably you? said that fear is the opposite of faith, to be completely yeah. honest. I was just saying, you know. Whatever. She was anyway. just coming at your neck. I was coming at my own neck. No, but, right, fear is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is. And, you know, this is an interesting thought because when you start to look at this, all right, so for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, how do we access what God has given us? Through faith. The opposite of faith is unbelief. And it's saying that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So our faith receives power, love, and a sound mind. But unbelief receives fear. And it's interesting when you start to look at these things and you start to say, well, if unbelief is the opposite of faith, because when Jesus came to his own hometown, what does the Bible say? That Jesus could do no mighty works. It's not that Jesus didn't want to do any mighty works, but it was because they did not believe. It was the root of unbelief. See, just as faith has fruit, just as godliness has fruit, Just as the Holy Spirit has fruit, right? We can go through them. Even the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I missed one, Um, but yeah. Uh, Thank you, dude. You have actual fruit of the Holy Spirit. You have all of these things that God has promised you, the gifts of the Spirit, the giftings from God, all of those things. That is the fruit of faith of godliness. Right. But then you start to look at unbelief. Because what is fear at its root? It's not trusting that God will do what he said he would do. Mm. Because if we have fear, we have to go to the word and say, what does God's word say? And if God's word says this, but my fear is telling me this, Mm. that means I'm not believing what God's word says. 
And you may say, Chad, that's like an oversimplification. You don't understand my situation. And you know what? I may not understand your situation, but this is what I do understand. That if God's word is not the ultimate authority in your life, you will be lied to. You will have fear. You will be beat up. You will get bad doctrine. You will find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. But if you would be radical enough and filled with faith enough to say, God, I will trust you at your word because if my if my faith is truly rooted in your word and I'm banking, look, I'm banking my whole life, my entire life, that that word, that Bible is 100% true. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it, I mean, think about this, right? I am betting my entire life on that. Why would I do it 75% of the way? Yeah. Why would I just partially believe what God's word is? It's either real or it's not. Yeah. And so the root of fear is actually unbelief. It's not trusting that God will uphold his word. And I don't know about you, but God's been good to me. Yeah. God's been faithful to yeah. me. God's shown me love. God's given me miracles. God's used me to produce miracles. God has done incredible, incredible things. And I'm at a point in my life where there is no place for unbelief. Mm -mm. It is all or it is nothing. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. There's too much at stake. Yeah. And wherever there is unbelief, you will find the devil. Yeah. Which, and whenever you find the devil, you're going to find chaos. Yep. You're going to find, find strife. Disorder. You're going to find disorder. You're going to find every sin. ungodly thing. Yep. yep. The fruit of faith is power, love, and a sound mind. Let me read to you Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, his right hand is associated with his power. And God is the most powerful force on this planet. So I don't know what you've been afraid of. I don't know what's been keeping you from your progress. I don't know if God told you to do something and it just seemed too radical for you. I don't know if the seed of doubt and unbelief was sown into your mind and you haven't been able to think the way God's called you to think. The mind of Christ has not been there. I don't know if maybe you're walking around with the spirit of fear because you know what the the fruit of the spirit of fear is? It's, uh, well, the, the spirit of unbelief is the spirit of fear, but then it's anxiety. Yeah. It's then depression. It's, it's then sleepless, suicide. Sleepless nights. It's then night terrors, yep. sleepless nights. Yep. I mean, you talk about all the people that are dealing with things like that. They're all the fruit from the same beast and it's unbelief. You got to treat unbelief like the greatest enemy in your life. Yeah. Because unless you're fully persuaded, just like Abraham, he was fully persuaded that what God said was true, then we are going to miss out on all that God has for us. So I want to challenge you today. Take authority over that spirit. Actually, I'm going to pray right now. And as I pray, I believe I'll break the spirit of fear off of your life, not through my power, but through the power of heaven, Amen. through the, the name of Jesus. And so, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I break fear off even now. There are people that this has literally crippled you. That you've, I, I see somebody even curled up on their couch or on their bed and just in tears because they're so crippled by fear. I see people that they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and they've never pulled the trigger because fear has kept them from their progress. I see other people that you've literally, and, I, and I'm not just saying, I, I, I see it 
in the spirit even now. I see that people, they've sat there and dealt with depression and anxiety for years and years and years. And the root of that is fear and unbelief. So Father, we take authority over this in Jesus' mighty name. Let me encourage whoever's listening that this could be the moment that the authority of heaven, it doesn't need a six-year therapy session, that it can be one moment, one confession of faith, one deliverance, and your entire life can change forever. So Father, I release even now the name of Jesus, which is above every single name, I command the spirit of fear to leave and to go by that name of Jesus. I bind up everything in the mind that's keeping them in unbelief. I thank you, God, that they would be committed to your word to renew their minds, to get the mind of Christ. Lord, I thank you that even as your word instructs us to be anxious for nothing but pray for everything. Lord, I thank you for that. But now I release the spirit of faith. I combat the spirit of fear with the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith says we believe it, so we speak it. The spirit of faith sees the same things as everybody else, but believes God's promise over their natural reasoning. I thank you now that even faith is building. I thank you now that fear is fleeing. I thank you now that there's a boldness. And let me encourage you with what God's encouraged many people in the Bible with. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. And I release it even now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.